Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. This week, we're in Galatians, and we've been in this for a while, that we're just going through the book of Galatians, and we're going through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and today, we've made it to chapter five. Whoop, whoop, we made it, come on. Oh, it took us eight parts to get here, but we did it. There's only six chapters, so we'll finish it off when we finish it off. But we're just going to kind of go through, and we'll see where God leads as, as we're going through this. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Again, I'm reading from the NIV. You can read from whatever translation you like. Now, this book was written by Paul, authored by God, and that's all of the Bible. God used different people that through the inspiration and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write down messages for you and for I. So here we go. We're going to start with Galatians chapter 5. Paul wrote it, and this is what he's writing to the Galatians. And we're looking at what it has to say and how it applies to our lives today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He's like, okay, it's for freedom, but don't let yourself. So Christ says, I came to set you free, but in that freedom, even though I give you this freedom, you've got to be proactive at it. He says, don't let yourself fall back into a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And we've talked about this in previous weeks, but the sign of the covenant and the law was circumcision. And so that's why he says, if you let yourselves be circumcised, and he's talking about the law, the 231 laws that were written in the first five books of the Bible in the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He's talking about those. And he says, if you let yourself fall back under circumcision, fall back under the law, he says, then Christ will be of no value to you whatsoever. Verse 3, again I declare, every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is, he's obligated to obey the entire law. So he's talking about this, and we've, it's really like, okay, Paul is just pounding this in in this letter, like, guys, Jesus did it all. And then the way he says it here, though, he's talking about circumcision, he's talking about the law, being under the law, he says, don't do it. Now, here's the thing, I think most people in this room, and those of you who are, you're online, if you're hearing this, most of you are not getting pressured to, to follow the law, as the Torah. Most of you are not. Most of you, I doubt many of you are like, you know, I'm just really not looking forward to getting together with family, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and coming up because I shaved my sideburns and Aunt Sarah and Aunt Judy's going to be mad because, you know, the Bible says. And then the, you, you, most of you don't have that conversation. That's not where we are today when it comes to the pressures that we have. But what is true is that Jesus says, I came to set you free, but way too many Christians are not living free. They're not living in the freedom that Christ paid for. They're bound. They're still bound to lust and drugs, prescription and not, and, and porn and greed and unforgiveness. And they're living bound. They're not living with the freedom that Jesus paid for. They're only taking a fraction of it. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this Christian thing. I'm excited for this Jesus thing. This is great. But then we fall back under 
a yoke, a burden, a sin that we were never meant to. That God's like, I've given you freedom. You can overcome this. And then the sad thing is, is we just get used to it. We just get used to it. It's amazing what we can just like, can just become normal. Look at last year. You're like, yeah, it's amazing what can become normal and how quickly just odd things become normal. I was sitting at my desk. I was studying this week, and I had some worship music going, and it was just running through a playlist. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, what's making that noise? And I hear just this, this, this high pitch, like, mm, and every now and then, I, I think I can hear a little bit higher than most people because every now and then... Um, I'll hear like rodent repellents, like the electric ones that you plug in. I can hear those. Like you walk into a house and you just hear beep, beep. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening right now? And I'm like, oh, I, I'll find it. And it's down in the basement. And somebody, uh, I know somebody had one to get geese off of their yard. And they invited us over and we're over there. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, what is that noise? Well, I, I can hear that. Well, I was sitting at my desk, and all of a sudden, I just get this high-pitched noise, and I'm like, oh, what? Is? And it's just driving me crazy. I'm like, what is going on? What is this? And then I, I, I hit the little button to turn off my music so I can figure it out, and the noise goes away. And I'm like, are you? I hit the little button again, and the music comes back on, and so does this high-pitched noise. And I'm like, I hit the button, and I just do it like four or five times just to make sure, right? Like, and I'm like, how do they not know? How do, how do people not know? And it wasn't, it wasn't like really, really crazy loud. It was just kind of subtle, but you, you could just tell it was there. It was just kind of like just, just eating at the back of my brain. Like, what is this noise? I'm like, did somebody just get used to it? How can people not tell that it's there? I think they paid to have somebody professionally produce this. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, just make sure that song does not end on my playlist again. Like that, that, no, I can just imagine that jumping on while I'm riding my bike, and then I can't stop, and I've got to listen to it, and you're like, oh no, would I go faster or slower? I don't know, so I just took it out. Like, it's got to go. We can get used to things that we are not intended, that we were never meant to be used to. We just get used to it. And let me just say, don't get used to it. Don't get used to anger. Don't do it. Well, as you know, it's just, it's just me and I just blow up my temper and that's just the way that I am. And just every now and then, you know, I've gotten better. No, don't get used to it. Don't get used to unforgiveness. Don't get used to it. Jesus says, it is for freedom that I set you free, not for, to find another master. It's freedom. So I want to give you six steps to walking in the freedom that Jesus paid for. So if you have notes, write, write these down, six steps. If you don't take notes, write these down. Here's six steps for walking in the freedom that Jesus paid for. Number one is this. You guys ready? Let it go. And I'm not going to sing the song. I am not going to do it. I tried to get Jason to, and he's like, I won't do it. Okay, fine. But we still need to let it go. There is so I know, I know, AA, if you go to those meetings, you hear what they have to say, and, you, and, and you'll hear somebody say, you know, um, my name is Samuel Vanderklok. I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober for 25 years. And they tell you, this is what you are. But let me just say this. That is not biblical. That is not biblical. That may be what they do, because here's, here's what the Bible says. Romans 8.1 
Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ, Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of death. You're not what you were. You may have been. You know exactly what you did. But let me just say, let it go, because Jesus already did. He took it on the cross. So there might have been things that I was, but I'm not anymore. I am not. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says it like this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Fornicators and idolaters and adulteresses, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkenness, revelers, extortioners will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, And such were some of you. Let me just look at you. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, such were you. Some of that we were, but we're not anymore. That was me, but I'm not anymore. He says, such were some of you. He didn't say, and that's what you are, and just remember that and repeat it daily and tell people daily that, that you were a thief. Tell people that you were just consumed by lust. Tell everybody. No. No. So let it go. Jesus did. Let it go. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you got born again, and there's a reason why we say born again, because the real you, the spirit on the inside of you, is born again anew. Your body, your mind, your will, emotions... Those things, they're tagging along, and we're going to bring them along with us, but the real you on the inside, your spirit has been made new. You remember those things from your past? Yup, but your spirit has been made new, and God's like, I, I forgive you as far as the east is from the west. He didn't say north and south, because if you go north, eventually you start going south, because you're going to get to the top. And then you're going to start going down. But as far as the east is to the west, guess what? You just keep going and going and going. You don't stop. You start going east, you can keep going east until just keep going east. It's just going to keep going. You're going to keep going. And I struggled with this in second grade when Mr. Black was trying to teach us the compass. And it's, there's two parts to it, though, because he made a really big mistake. Because I'm very literal, and Mr. Black went on the chalkboard, and he wrote, a, he, he, on the chalkboard, he put a line down, and then left and right, and he put it the top north and the bottom south. And I looked at him, and I said, that doesn't make any sense. And he goes, north is always up. And I said, then you could just spin that little thing, and east and west would go every little direction. He's like, nope, north is always up. And I'm like, well, I'm so confused. And it just, it just rocked my world because he didn't put it down on a map. He did it on a chalkboard. And I thought if north is up and south is all the way down, then east and west are interchangeable. Does anybody else see that? You can't draw it on a chalkboard. It doesn't make sense. If you're a teacher in here, don't draw it on a chalkboard. It needs to be flat on a map so we kids can see it. Oh, I was like, this doesn't, oh, I struggled with it. And I was like bold that day. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. And my teacher's like, yes, it does. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It could spin. And he's like, no, it can't. And oh, it was, I ruined that whole day of class with my question. It was just ridiculous. But so when I see that the Bible says that God removes our sin from us as far as the east is from the west, 
It just keeps going and going. It's gone. He doesn't remember it anymore. He's over it far before I am. Sometimes we're the ones that we hold on to it. We want to identify with what we were because of what or what happened to us. And we hold on to it. Let it go. Give it to God and let it go. Give it to God and let it go. That's number one. Number two is this. Submit. And we're talking about living in the freedom that God paid for. It's for freedom that he set us free. So how do we walk in that freedom? We submit to God. And here's what submit is. Submit is not we do the same thing. Okay, that's, that's, that's not submitting. Submit is not that we just follow God. You ever follow someone in traffic? I've done that. You ever had somebody follow you in traffic? For me, it's about after about the fourth or fifth turn that I notice that I always get a little suspicious. I'm like, why are they back there? What is going They're still there. And then I'm like, I'm going to double left it. It's never right, so I always want to go left, left. I'm like, I'm just going to see. Because I'm like, why are they still back there? There's got to be a reason. Are they following me? What is this? When the Bible says submit, it's not that we go the same direction. Because let me say, there are so many people that are living and doing what the Bible says. Not because they believe it or because they even fear God or know God, but because it's right and it works. Submitting to God is a little bit different. When we submit, it means we stop resisting. In order to submit, we have to have been resisting or fighting or pushing away or pushing against. That's submitting. It's like, okay, I'll stop trying to do it my way and I'll do it yours. I'll stop fighting and be like, no, I won't. I won't forgive and we say, I'm going to. We stop fighting and we say, God, I trust that what you have for me is better. So I'm not going to run around and try to experience life before I get married. I'm going to save it. Because when you save something, you have more, not less. Anybody else understand that? Things that are saved, when I save money, I get more of it. And let me just say, if you save yourself for marriage, you will have more and more fun and more together, just the two of you, figure it all out and have fun. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to submit to doing it God's way. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to fight it anymore. So you want to walk in the freedom that God has for you? Don't fall under all this other junk again. Submit to doing it God's way. I don't know what it is for you, but submit. And when you leave, when you leave today, you ask. You ask the Holy Spirit. You say, God, some of you, you already know. You're like, this is the thing. This is the thing that's on my heart. I know I need to submit this. I need to begin to do this. I need to give him my job, and I've been fighting this, and I, I, I just have it. I need to give him our finances. I need to give him my future. I've been worrying it, and, and, and kids, and, and what we've been doing. You need, you just, you need that's, that's it. But some of you, you don't know. You don't know what that is, and when you leave today, you just pray. And you ask the Holy Spirit, you say, God, what is it? Is there something that I haven't submitted to you? What's the thing that I've been fighting you on? Are you going to walk in the freedom that God has for you? Submit and do it his way. And I know it's not always fun. I know it's not. In fact, James 4 in the NLT says that same verse says it this way. Instead of submit, it says, so humble yourself before God. It's that God, you know better. It's just getting in that place where it's like, I, I, I trust you. I'll give it to you. Humble yourself before God Resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. And that's the next one. Number three is this. As we're talking about walking in the freedom that God has and that he wants for us, is resist the devil. Now I say that, and most of us are like, okay, how? Like, do I, get, do I get some karate? Like, is that, is, that, is, that, is that what this is? Do we do like a, a shootout, like old Western style? I think that'd be a cool way to do it. You know, like you take this paces, one, two, three, turn, and you, you, don't, you don't do that. It's not a cage fight. It's, it's, it's none of that. So how, how do we resist the devil? Great question. I'm so glad you asked. Good question. Ephesians 6.13. We're going to unpack this one. This is number three. We're going to unpack this one just a little bit more. Ephesians 6.13 says this, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day comes, it doesn't say if the day comes, it says so when the day comes. So when the day comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your guard, to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, then stand firm. So here's here's what it's saying. Number one thing is it is an active stand. It's the, the wind is blowing. Have you, ever, have you ever done that? Like, Beck and I grew up a little bit different. When, when there's bad... <laughs> uh, when there's bad weather, I'm like, oh, fun. Let's go outside. Let's, like, let's experience it. Like, this is crazy. And, and then her, when there's, when, when there's bad weather, they're like, run and hide. Let's get downstairs. Let's find something to hide underneath. I'm like, we're going to miss it. It's like, it's really hard rain. Like, we need to get outside. So when we were little and, and there were storms and stuff, it's like, let's get outside. And I remember I, one of the funnest times that I had outside is there was just some, it was a super, 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 super windy day. And so my brother and I took the kiddie pool and emptied all the water out of the pool and we would put it up against the, uh, the house and the wind would blow it up against the house. And then one of us would pull it off the edge of the house while the other person was standing there trying to hold it. And it was just a right, we just did this over and over. And so we'd pull it off the edge of the house and then one of us would go flying and then we'd drag it back down over here. And then, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to do it this time. And you're bracing yourself. You're standing, but you're more than standing. It's not just I'm standing, it's here it comes and he's about to pull it and the pool is up against the, and he'd pull it, boom, and I would just go, every time I would just go flying. It was a riot. But the, we had to actively stand. And when it says stand here, that's what it's talking about. It's not like, well, just stand up. Because right now, I could, I could fall over. The wind, where is it? I'm not, I'm not bracing. I'm not like, okay, I'm not getting ready to get hit or for something to happen. It's an active stance. And that's what this is. And he goes on and he says, how do we do that? How do we do that? Verse 14, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist. We're talking about how do we resist the devil? We stand firm with the belt of truth around our waist. And let me just say this. The truth war, this battle against right and wrong and, and common sense and obviousness is not new. It is not new. But where does it start? It starts, it's, the Bible says, with the belt of truth. Your belt kind of holds up some important stuff. Just keeps everything where it needs to be, like my pants fall down without it. I need it. There's a belt. The belt of truth. We need to know there is truth. There is right. There is wrong. It's not up for debate. It's not up for vote. And this battle against truth, it's old. Jesus was standing before Pilate. 
He's standing before Pilate, and Pilate asks him a question. He says, are you the king then? Because that was one of the reasons they were trying to get him put to death. One of the ways to say, he says he's a king. And Jesus answered, John 18, 37, you say rightly that I am a king, for that's the cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And how often do we hear that today? What is truth? Well, that works for you, but I don't think that works for me. And number one, you want to stand, you want to be able to fight, you want to resist the devil, we have to accept God's truth. He is the creator of everything and he created it and as such, he has decided what works and what doesn't. He has made you and he made them male and female and he has said, this is the way that it is. There is truth. It's not subjective. We don't get to pick it. God does and he did. And number one, the way that we stand is we accept truth. We say, okay, God. Then number two, it says, and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We remember this, that our righteousness is not on our own. We've been talking about this week after week. It's because of what Jesus did. It's not because we obeyed a bunch of rules. It's because we accepted what Jesus did. And we have that righteousness, and we get that in our hearts, and we don't let the devil take it away. We don't let him come with anything else. We stand on it. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. ready. Absolutely, completely ready. When I, when I think of this, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, I think of like races. I think of just getting ready for a race and how much work goes into it. Okay, I've got all of my stuff here and I'm doing all of this. And just every, every race I've ever done, there comes a point where you're like, I can't do anything else. I'm here. Preparation, training, it's all over. This is it. And there's just this, okay, there's just this crazy calm and happen to go to the bathroom a lot, but also a crazy calm <laughs> of just like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And what he's talking about here is peace, a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It's that good news that we know. It's the peace that passes all understanding. It's trusting in him. It's trusting in his word. I have peace because I know he's got me. Is standing in the battle knowing if I'm not able and I know I'm not, God is. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have a peace that's beyond me. It's a readiness that comes through the gospel of peace. Verse 17, the helmet of salvation. The helmet covers your head. I'm not a big safety guy, in case you haven't noticed. I'm not a huge safety guy. But when I go biking, you want to know what I wear? I wear a helmet. Because if I break this, I'm in trouble. If this breaks, I'm in trouble. So I wear a helmet, and I've broken multiple helmets crashing. And honestly, the worst crash, you're going to laugh, the worst bike crash I have ever had was on a paved bike path. I'm so serious. I'm just standing there, and I was at the top of my stroke. I was actually standing on my bike, and I went to pedal, and my chain snapped when I went to push down. 
and I just went, boom, and I just flew off my bike. I put my shoulder into the ground, and I, things went where they weren't supposed to. And you know what's not good when you go to the hospital, and the doctors are looking at your x-ray, and they're like, oh, we haven't seen that before. And they go get another doctor, and that one goes, oh, wow, go get, and they get another one. And they're all, you're like, oh, come on, come, what, what are you doing? Just tell me what it is. They're like, oh, we got figured. Yeah, the worst accident I ever got in was on a silly paved bike path. Come on. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But I had my helmet on. And I love what it says about the helmet of salvation. And that's the assurance that Jesus, the defense against the enemy is that Jesus did it. It's the salvation that we have in, through him. He says, that, you need that. And it says, and then take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And when it says the word of God, it's, it's, in, in Greek, it's this rhema, and it doesn't mean the written word. It doesn't mean your scripture. It doesn't mean that you take your Bible and just like, bam, if it did, I'd have an even big, I'd have a huge one, like one of those big family Bibles. Just boom, that doesn't mean that that's what you do. You're like, come here, devil, boom, and you hit things with it. No, absolutely not. That's not what it's talking about. Rhema literally means spoken word and, and, and spoken, speaking, the act of speaking God's word. It's speaking God's word. It's not just knowing it, because you can know it and not say it, and it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything, in fact. We were, we were hunting this weekend, and it, it, was, it was raining, and so we got back to the house, and so I'm, I'm drying all, all of the stuff and putting it in the dryer, and it was, it was me, it was Avery, it was Hunter, and... Molly. So all three of us had all of our stuff and all of our gear, and I'm throwing it in there and in and out, and all of our hunting gear's got like m- lots of metal on it. So it's going through the dryer, and you just hear like, ting, ting, tong, tong, ting, ting, tong, 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 ting, tong, tong, ting, ting, It's just banging around, and I'm looking at my mom, and she's just like, oh, it's fine. Oh, it's all right. I'm like, sorry that I'm hoping for your dryer. She's like, oh, it's okay. So then I go, and I open up the dryer, and when I do, a little, a little 223 shell falls out. And I'm like, well, I think I know what I was doing, the banging, Mom. I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. So we pick it up, and I'm like, well, that's a bad idea. And then I reach in, and I, I, I grab some of the other laundry in, in one of the, the kids' pockets. I'm like, well, there's another one in there. Probably should have checked their pockets before I, before I put them in. Well, that bullet didn't go off because it's designed to go off in a gun when a trigger is pulled, and it's not going to detonate until the primer has been pressed. And it has to be pressed pretty hard. But without that mechanism to hit the primer, it's not going anywhere. It was a bad idea, yes, and a whole lot of heat, absolutely, but it's hunting gear, so it's low heat. But still, but it's designed to be used in a specific way, and the Word of God is the same. It is active and alive, and you want to resist the devil, it is designed to be used in a specific way, and it just bouncing around inside your heart and inside your head is one thing. I hope it impacts the way that you live, but if you want to resist the devil, you need to speak it out loud. And you say, devil, get out of my house in the name of Jesus. You're not welcome here. You have to say it. Whisper it if you must. Yell it if you can. Get mad at the devil and use some and just be like, I'm not having it anymore. Get out. And you just say it. The spoken word is you speaking God's word. And it's, 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 
to that shell, it's the firing pin that activates it, that makes it actually work. It's you speaking it and being like, I'm not just going to know this and sit timidly by and watch this happen, but God, no. Satan, you're not going to attack. I'm not going to be depressed. I refuse to be. I'm going to do what I know to do in the natural, but I'm going to do what I know to do in the spiritual, and I'm going to resist the devil, and I'm going to fill up on God's Word, and I'm going to say it, that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you speak it out loud. You want to walk in the freedom that God has for you. No scripture. We need to know it. Get it in your heart so that you can say it. You need it in you. You need it in your heart, on your mouth, so that you can say it out loud. Say it out loud. Say it in your car. You do some crazy stuff in your car. You know you do. You sing so loud and you're not embarrassed by it, you, if that's where you need to go to do it, then that's where you do it, and maybe that's where you start. You need to go to the middle of a field, find a field, get in the middle of it, and be like, this is it. And you say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to resist the devil. You have to say it. You want to resist the devil? You want to stand? You walk into the freedom that God has for you. You don't give him an inch. The thoughts that you're battling, you're like, well, why do I always have these thoughts coming in? Resist the devil. And let me just say, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can surely stop a bird from making a nest in your hair. And there might be thoughts that come through your mind that you're like, I don't want these. You get rid of them, and you set your mind on things above, and you focus on God and His Word, and you say, those thoughts might come through, but I'm not going to let them land. And you speak God's Word. You speak God's Word, and you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You speak it. That's how we resist the devil. Number four, as we're going through this, is we admit it. You want to walk in the freedom that God has for you? Admit it. Remember one time we came home and, well, actually I'm going to switch stories here. We were at Jamie and Jason's house and we came back and we get back and there's some muffins on the counter. And we're like, huh. I don't remember where we had been and what exactly we'd been doing, but Jamie had wanted to save the muffins. And now the tops are missing off the top of the muffins. And we're like, hmm, who did this? And we know where they were because Jamie had put them up high. There's a little ledge on the hood over top of the range. And so she had put them right up there. And we're like, Bo! <laughs> and Bo's like four at the time. And he comes in and we're like, Bo, did you do that? Was it Hunter? And so Beck's like, Bo, did, we were like, did you do that? And he's like, huh? And so Beck goes, show me how you did it. And he's like, oh, it was easy. So he shows us, starts showing us how he climbed up on the wall and gets up. And we're like, okay, get down, get down, get down. And we put him down. We're like, what are you doing? How did you get those? Here's the thing. I have to ask my kids. Sometimes you're like, I know it was you. You're like, yeah, I, I, I just know it. That time, he just fessed up. He admitted it. Other times, you walk in, and the kids are standing there with chocolate chip cookies on their face. They use their hands, as their, their clothes as a napkin, and so they've got half a cookie spread out all over their shirt and maybe another two cookies and crumbs on the floor. And you're like, who ate the cookies? And they're like, not me. <laughs> and you're like, are you sure? I don't know. A wild guess here says you may have had something to do with it. And they're like, nope, wasn't me. When I say admit it, let me just say this. God knows. 
exactly what you did. He knows what happened. He knows the thoughts. He, he, he was there. And yet sometimes I think maybe because we're ashamed, we just don't want to talk about it, but we won't even admit it to God. And God's like looking down, and when he looks at us, he sees the chocolate chips all over us. He sees the half-eaten cookie that we crumbled up behind us. He sees it all, and we're like, God, uh-uh. We need to admit it. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But we have to confess it. And the last one I think we're going to have time to get to today, number five, is this. Bring it into the light. First John says, if we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us. James 5.16 says it this way, if we confess our sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You need to tell somebody. You want to walk in the freedom that God has for you? Jesus paid for it. And then He gave you brothers and sisters in Christ. And you need somebody in your life that knows your darkest secrets. Every one of us needs somebody that we can go to and be like, look, this is what I'm struggling with. For a long time, that person in my life was a man named Bobby. And I'm like, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what's going on. I'm struggling with this. And I have some questions about my marriage, this. And I know it's not fun. It's not fun at all to tell somebody what you're struggling with, what you did wrong. Remember, I had to make the call. I had to call Bobby up because we hadn't been married long. And some things that I had started before and thought, when I get married, this is going to go away. Didn't. And I had been looking at some stuff that I shouldn't. We get married and I talked to her. She's like, you need to tell somebody. It blew up. It was ugly, not good. And I'm like, you're right. I'd been struggling with it and all, doing all kinds of things trying to take care of it. She's like, you need to tell. You need to tell. But I remember I had to call him up. I remember exactly where I was. I was upstairs. I remember the room that I was in, exactly what it all looked like. I remember being like, Bobby. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, I need to tell you something. He's like, what's up? Becca caught me looking at porn and this is what's going on and it's been, it's been this and this, it, has, it actually has happened before and we tried this and I just had to spill my heart to him. Here's what the Bible says. Confess your sins to God and be healed. Confess your sins one to another. God forgiven. Confess your sins one to another and find healing. God forgives us. But if you want to move beyond it, you want to walk in the freedom that God has for, for you from that addiction, from that fear, that hatred, whatever, you need somebody in your life that you're like, look, this is what I'm dealing with, that you are, you're honest with, and that you trust them and you know that you can trust them. They're not going to use it against you. They're not going to blab it. They're not going to say it. They're going to lock it up and put it away, and they're going to help you. And Bobby's like, look, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what you need to do, and I want to be calling you, and, and call me, and if you're having this, and you're just feeling like, man, because let me just say, it's hard to get away from that. It's on your phone. You, you don't even try, and it just pops up everywhere. I'm looking at the weather. I'm on the, my weather app, and I'm like, babe, look at this. Look at this app that pops up. I'm like, I'm on the weather. I just want to know what way the wind's blowing so I can go hunting. 
That's all I want to know. And there's this stupid ad that pops up, and you're like, that, that should be blurred out. What in the world? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, but I want you to see it. Like, we're here right now. It's everywhere. I don't know what you struggle with, but here's what I know. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. And one of the ways that he does that is this, is you need somebody in your life, a Christian, and I mean that with all of my heart, a Christian, not a smart person, a Christian, not a they've got lots of degrees, a Christian. If that Christian is smart, great. If that Christian has lots of degrees, great. But you need a Christian, a brother or sister in Christ that you're like, look, I can, I got to tell you, this is what I'm struggling with. Because let me just tell you, you can only be as accountable. Accountability is great, but you'll only be as accountable as you want to be. But if you want to walk in the freedom that God has for you, you need somebody in your life that you're like, look, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm going to, I need help. And I know that they're few and that they're hard to find. It's worth it. You're worth it. Find somebody. Where do I look? Where do I start? Start by looking around this room. Join a small group. Don't day one be like, hello, group, hello. Just throw it But find someone in that group that you look up to. Find somebody in that group like, I think they're, they're, where, I've already, they're where I want to be. They've been where I am now. And be like, can I talk to you? And ask them, say, can you keep some things private? If they say no, there's your answer. But I know it's not easy. I told you for a while it was Bobby. And then I'm like, I need somebody a little closer. He was, he'd moved out of state. And I'm like, I need somebody different. And I'm like, I had to go to somebody else and be like, look, this is something that's been in my life. And this is something. And I had, I found somebody else. His name is Tim. And I'm like, this is struggles that I've had. I said, I am not now, but this is where, this is where it's going on. And, and this is how it's still impacting me today, and can you help me? Can you hold me accountable? He's like, absolutely. It was for freedom that Christ came to set you free. There's steps that we can take to walk in, in the freedom that he has. The peace, the Bible says, there's a peace that passes all understanding that comes through the knowledge of God. And let me just say this, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He wants the very best for you if you'll submit, if you'll humble yourself before him and say, God, I want it your way. You can walk in the fullness of life that he has for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I am way out of time. But here's what I, we always will make time for this, is if you're here today or if you're watching online and you say, I don't know where I stand with God. You can leave here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand, that your sins are forgiven, begin to walk out the plan, the purpose that he has for you. It's a good one. It's a great one. So if that's you and you say, you know, today is my day. I want to give my life to him. I want to be forgiven, set free and begin to walk out the plan and purpose he has for me. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to be super bold and shoot your hand up high. And then we're going to pray together right in your seat. When we say amen, you're going to be set free, forgiven on your way to heaven and walk, beginning to walk out that plan that God has for you. Get ready. One, two, three. All the way up right now. Say, that's me. Today is my day. Awesome. Awesome. All the way up. Okay, hands down. Let's pray this together. Whether you're in this room, online, whether you raised your hand or not, just out loud, let's all just pray this together. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, 
I'll serve you. Thank you for sending your son to shed his blood to die for me so I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.